When a murderer is released from a prison sentence early on parole and goes on to commit more offences, the remainder of that parole period is activated and they serve the time remaining of that original sentence. They then go on to commit even more violent offences after being released, but the judge decides that the person will eventually age out of the criminal system and is very lenient in the prison sentence handed down. The judge was wrong and someone else died before this old age pensioner was stopped. This is the case of Albert Lee Flick and this is Murder Me on Monday. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Murder Me Monday podcast. I'm Cameron and joined with me is Mother. Hello. Are you intentionally doing cases that you know are going to wind me up because it's old people not getting sentenced properly because they're old? I did think about that when I was doing this because I know the one with the lady where she only got two years wound you up. But this one reminded me somewhat of the Joseph Naso case that we did. Certainly by looking at his pictures, I'm like, oh, that's a nasty piece of work. When I first saw a picture of him, I thought he looked like those weird slug things from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And for the life of me, I can't remember what they're called, but I know exactly what you mean. They're the ones that blow up Earth, so they've got a, a, a highway transit system thing that's it and they just blow up he looks like one of those he's got it looks like a jowly turkey type thing yeah it's... i've seen ball bags that are more appealing than oh ears. i didn't need to know that one thanks <laughs> i want to talk briefly about last week's case as well mm, krugersdorp something that just really confused me is why would anyone listen to someone or follow the instructions of that claim they can turn into a wolf and astral project as soon as they say that you're going to disregard and ignore anything they can say we ignore the opinions of people that like twilight never mind people that think they can actually turn into a wolf she only had six followers we have more followers than that on instagram and like someone that you know said because i said it's not a church because there's six people and they were like jesus had 12 this and, is true. And, and i'm like yeah and look what happened to him i know he got done in by judas and whatnot but Come on, why would anyone follow anything that she had to say? It's probably more of a sect rather than a cult, I would think. But it was a lot to do with how religion is viewed. Speaking to somebody who knows the region far better than me, lived out there for many, many years, they were not surprised in the slightest when they listened to the episode. They said, yeah, that is the way that religion is set up out there. And one phrase that you used that really struck home with them when you said, life's cheap. Yeah, so why is life so cheap, cheap when someone's getting killed for 300? Yeah, and they, they related a tale to me when they've spent time out in India. And they said it's exactly the same. They said you will be going down the street, you will see somebody dash out into the road, get run over. The car keeps on, or the vehicle keeps on going. And people just walk round the body. Because, as you said, there are so many people, you get to the point where... It's sort of saturation level, and I think society almost is breaking down with some of that, personally. It might be because we're part of the Western world mm. as a whole, so we don't, we don't experience that so much because we have more first world. But it's just, it just it really confused me. Yeah. When you see these, these crazy, rabid religious people claiming that God did it and they can exercise people, that's mental. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't fit into our mental process, but for them, obviously, it's perfectly acceptable i mean if you go into london on a sunday and you go down to speaker's corner you will find you know preachers all over the place giving their world view on their translation of what they read in the bible there's apparently one line 
that certain people used to justify apartheid. But specifically on this case, we've got this weird saggy-necked man. <laughs> Do you want to tell us about him? So we are off again to Maine. And let us start in a small place, about 20,000 people. It's actually called a city, Westbrook. But it's more known as a suburb of Portland. I always thought Portland was in Oregon, but it, like with America, you've got multiple places called the same thing. The year is 1979. Albert and Sandra Flick's marriage had come to an end. Sandra was 35, and on the 10th of January 1979, she had her husband served with divorce papers and then physically escorted from their apartment in Westbrook by the police. In the following month, Albert returned to the apartment many times, sometimes with the result that Sandra called the police. They were arguing between themselves for custody of the children. They had two young boys. Those boys are never, ever mentioned anywhere again, so hopefully they're living their best lives in anonymity. On Monday, the 29th of January, Sandra asked Albert to come and remove some of his stuff from the apartment. On the Wednesday morning, he drove to Westbrook with a gun and a knife in the car. He parked three quarters of a mile away from the apartment and took the knife with him but left the gun. Sandra's daughter, by a prior marriage, who was only 12 years old, was in the back bedroom when Albert knocked on the door. He asked about some fishing poles, which Sandra brought to him in the living room. Whilst Sandra's daughter watched through a crack in the door, Albert took out his knife and began showing Sandra how to remove the hooks from the fishing line. Sandra bent over one of the poles to take one of the hooks off. Albert seized her arm and bent it behind her back, putting his other hand over her mouth. He pushed her over to a chair, saying that he loved her and didn't want to have to hurt her. Sandra managed to scream out her daughter's name and the girl ran out of the bedroom. She saw Albert sitting on her mother on the chair. She heard him say, now you've had it. Then she ran to the apartment downstairs where two neighbours were. The wife called the police and the man headed up the stairs, believing what he was told, that Albert was going to kill Sandra. He meets Albert coming downstairs, hands and clothing covered in blood, saying he didn't mean to do it and rushes by the stunned neighbour, who then dashes into Sandra's place and finds her bleeding out after having been stabbed four times in the neck and the chest and once in the heart. She is still alive and able to speak. And she tells him she knows she will die and Albert did it. So you've got a dying declaration there. And she expires before help could arrive. She'd been stabbed a total of 14 times. The police find what they believe is the murder weapon. It's what's called a three and a half inch long jackknife. And from pictures, to me, it looks like a standard pen knife. It's not a Swiss army knife. It doesn't have all the attachments. Some of them, when you press them, they instantly pop out and yeah. it has a bolt that stops it from retracting when you, if you stab something. Whereas you, you said it might be something like a pen knife, which just sort of flips out. I, I might just be getting them confused in the same way that suppressor and silencer. But a three and a half inch long blade isn't that long, but it can it will still kill someone. But if, it's, if he's done it for fishing and he does use that for fishing, then it makes sense for him to carry it. And it's not a huge fancy spiky one no that might be used for something more it's probably going to be pretty sharp as well like you say if he's using it for fishing because he'd probably be using it for gutting the fish so it would be sharp so doesn't take police long to find albert 
What do we know about him? Not a lot. I think he was born around 1942, which would have made him about 37 at this time. He had apparently had a very chaotic childhood, a large family and an abusive father. He joins the USA military, specifically the army, yet manages to get a hardship discharge at 18. So he probably only enlisted for a few months at most. What's a hardship discharge? Yeah, well, I looked into that. Generally, this discharge requires severe medical, psychological or financial problems in the member's immediate family. But why he got it? Lost in records I can't access. He then goes to work at a donut shop where he stayed for 19 years. Either he's a loyal employee or it's a doddle of a job. Either way, even if he's the manager, it's not going to be really good money. But obviously he manages and married Sandra and had children. Albert goes on trial. There were witnesses. There's the stepdaughter who wasn't allowed to testify, but they had a statement due to her age. And you had the neighbour that saw him. So Albert's convicted. He gets 30 years. Possibly now that that would be considered a long sentence. But the reason for that and the way he was charged was under the depraved indifference section of the murder. He engaged in conduct which manifests a depraved indifference to the value of human life and which, in fact, causes the death of another human being. It's a specific... I don't understand that. How do you quantify it? Surely by you committing a murder in the first place, it means you're not giving life the importance it deserves. So how does every murder not fall under that category? I know, but it depends on where the statute's written, and some of them do have this depraved indifference. It's attack on to me. It's almost like manslaughter, but... It's Manslaughter plus. Yeah, it's weird. I don't, I don't understand. That, that is, can yeah. you see why that doesn't make any sense? Sure, it is. You've killed someone. You've killed your ex-wife. Uh, her daughter saw, ran away. I think it's the fact that it wasn't just a... But how is it more depraved than anyone shooting someone or killing them in a car accident? I don't quite see how that's any different. So at the time of sentencing, his family testified that he was a good man but had grown up in an atmosphere of violence. He appeals. Of course he does. Everything is denied, but there are hidden nuggets in that appeal in 1981. The defence had presented two expert witnesses, a psychiatrist and a clinical psychologist, who testified that Albert's intelligence bordered on retardation. No attempt was made to establish a mental disease or defect. The state presented a rebuttal witness, a psychiatrist, who testified that Albert was of average intelligence. He tried to, tried to claim basically that he could not reasonably understand that what he did was wrong. And it didn't wash. It's all thrown out and he serves 25 years and gets let out on parole in 2004. I think he was about 62 then. Surely if you've been a manager for 19 years in a donut shop, you have a level of competency. Mm-hmm. You have a, you have a certain level of intelligence. I'm not saying people that work there are inherently stupid because why? Would, I'm not a manager of a donut shop. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you do understand what's right and wrong because you can turn up to work every day. You can serve customers. You can you can do stock. You can do inventory. You can do like cash drop stuff. You can. Do you, do you know what I mean? But it, it doesn't work. I've I've used the analogy before. If a physio is on the third floor of a, like a building. And there's no lift and you've got a fucked up leg and you go up there. They go, no, actually, there's nothing wrong with you because you managed to get up the stairs. So now it works. 
if he's intelligent enough to know that and go through life so all this way so far then no it doesn't make sense if he was like 16 then you could say it because he's he's had such little life experience that to him it doesn't mean anything but to be an old fuck with two kids or whatever no doesn't count i think it's the case of we see it many many times with a defense they've got no defense so they sling whatever and whomever they can get at it in the hope that somebody's going to fall for it. But they didn't. So he, he goes to prison, comes out in 2004. There's no mention I can find of any infractions whilst inside, but I doubt he was a model prisoner. Even his stepdaughter, the one that was hidden in the bedroom, described him as violent and mentally unstable many years later. So he manages to keep it together for a few years or no one filed any complaints as he doesn't reappear on police radar until 2007. He gets arrested for punching a woman he was dating and then stabbing her with a fork. Back to prison he goes, but it seems the remaining nine years he had on his original sentence wasn't triggered. 2010, he's out and dating another woman. They argue... He puts her in a headlock and repeatedly hit her with the butt of his knife. The woman fled the apartment after she knocked the knife from his hand. Then he went off to find another weapon, saying, if that doesn't work, I know what will. The woman managed to escape to her own apartment nearby, where she watched as Albert ran up her driveway with a screwdriver in his hand. Police turn up. They found Albert trying to hang himself on a fire escape. He's 68, yep. They estimate he'd been hanging for about three seconds and they managed to cut him down and off they go to prison after they're taken to hospital and then there's a trial. The judge had the power to sentence Albert on two sets of charges, violating the terms of his probation from the previous assault and the new conduct against the woman you know, where he tried to come after her with a screwdriver. So the previous one being where he'd hit her and then stabbed her with a fork? Yes. And then the second one being yes. where he got her in a headlock, hit her with a knife. Why has he always got knives? Surely he, surely uh-huh. as like an ex-convict mm. with a history of violent crime, then he like that should be another tacked-on thing where you have a weapon with that's intent to harm. I think that's the difficult point because you couldn't exactly write it out in someone's probation that they're not allowed to have knives. I mean, how are you going to cut Cause dinner it's, up? Because it's, it's within context. If you're going fishing, you can have a knife. If you're a trainee chef, you're going to have a knife. That'll make sense. Yeah. But to just be lugging around a knife and you've got a history of stabbing and killing women, probably shouldn't have one. Well, the prosecutors kind of thought the same thing. They asked the judge to fully um, revoke Albert's probation and send him back to prison for three years and 11 months and an additional sentence of four to five years for the new thing, arguing that his violent behaviour towards women was unlikely to change as he grew older. He's already 68, and the only solution was significant prison time. Didn't he already serve? Yeah. Like 20 years, 20 yeah. plus years. Yeah. How is that not significant prison time? Well, he's carrying on doing the behaviour. Uh, so no, no, but that is still significant prison time. You would have thought that would hopefully change someone. No. The prosecutor said, clearly probation is not working. At this point, I just don't know what else to do. I think there's a huge safety risk to women in society when it comes to Mr. Flick. Albert's probation officer also told the judge that Albert was an extremely violent individual when it comes to relationships. He doesn't appear to have slowed down at this point and I don't see him slowing down in the near future. 
the judge, Maine Superior Court Justice Robert E. Crowley, agreed to four years, stating that at some point Mr Flick is going to age out of his capacity to engage in this conduct and incarceration beyond that time as he ages out doesn't seem to me to make good sense from a criminological or fiscal perspective. So is he saying that eventually he's going to get so old he can't commit these crimes yes. properly? That also doesn't uh, that doesn't make sense because that's like saying someone that's so young they're never going to commit a crime because they don't they don't have the capacity to. When we know that's not true, uh, are we just going to ignore all these these tyrants and histories of people that have done incredibly bad things and they're still old? Look at presidents, for fuck's sake. They're in the seventies. There's a reason why people retire at a certain age because they lose mental capacity to be able to do things properly and remember stuff. But now we put them in power. This man is fully capable of doing stuff that's really fucky because he's sixty eight and he's already tried to stab multiple people. He's already killed one person, went to prison for thirty years or whatever. Comes out, does it again. If I went to prison, you know when you send a kid to to their bedroom and you say think about what you've done that's what prison is isn't it you send yes. adults to a room and say think about what you've done yes and then when you come out the kid's good for a while because they think i don't want to go to my bedroom or have my electronics taken away mm-hmm. but we scale it up right and then you also apply adult logic and inference that can be drawn from stuff but that ain't worked and dear listener i can see cameron getting more and more agitated and it's gonna get worse it's just it just annoy- annoys me because I mean, we've got like six examples of why it doesn't work, where you, where you don't sentence an old person because they're not going to do something bad because they're cute and old. No, they can still be Hitler. Stop it. Well, I know in a lot of states in the USA that judges are elected so they can be removed by the public, if you will. But in Maine, they run something very similar to the system, same as us in England. Scotland's different. They are appointed by a panel after their names are put forward for positions bit of an old boys club in some respects i can't work out if they can be removed or forced to resign but either way that judge is now back in private practice and has refused to comment he actually retired from the bench in 2010 the same year as he sentenced albert he may have had a point though i know you don't like the sound of this but A study undertaken in 2017, so a few years after this, by the US Sentencing Commission, found that only 13.4% of offenders who were 65 or older when they got out of prison were arrested again in the eight-year period following their release, compared to 68% of those aged under 21. And I'll link that in the show notes. But we've got examples of him having done it repeatedly, though. So that, so that wouldn't follow that trend. No. And it depends on what it is. Is it a violent crime or is it like a, a misdemeanor, financial crime, blue-collar crime? That's is it just an argument? Have they not paid a bill? They're different, they're different examples of a man repeatedly committing violent crimes. And it's not even just... Okay, he, killed the, he killed his um, ex-wife. He went to prison. He, come, he comes out. Nothing happens. He then gets into a fight in a, in a bar, whatever, accidentally kills someone. Those two things aren't the same because mm-hmm. those, those two instances could happen completely independent of each other. Mm-hmm. But he's doing the same thing mm-hmm. over and over again. Mm-hmm. So it's not. That's already, that's already like, that's, what the fuck? <laughs> so back to prison. Out again because in 2014, he runs into the same woman. The last one he assaulted came after with a screwdriver. And he tells her, you'll get yours. Of course, she tells the police. And he's charged again. He's 72 at this time. He pled guilty to violating his probation. So we knew he'd done it and was sent back to prison until 2016. 
He then gets released and moved to Lewiston in Maine, which is about 35 miles away from his initial crime scene, and lived with his nephew. Lewiston's population is around 37,000. Albert is in the library one day and meets a Kimberly Dobby, who was there with her 11-year-old twin boys. Kimberly, then aged 48, was originally from Boston in Massachusetts. Reporting gets a bit confusing here. It seems to be one newspaper picks something up and then they all repeat it. So it's, you have to go back to the original source. But it's difficult to confirm it. Some of them are saying she was a teacher or an assistant teacher and she lost a job or she couldn't find affordable housing. But either way, Kimberly decided to move from Boston to Farmington and she wanted to live in a small town. Farmington's only got about 10,000 inhabitants. But then she lost her home and ran out of money. They moved to a shelter in Lewiston, which is roughly 50 miles away. She thought they would be safe there. I don't think she even had a car to sleep in as she used to catch buses about. They were in the library that day and they met Albert because that shelter was one of those ones where people have to leave during the day and you can only come back at night. And lots of people from the shelter spent their days at the library, especially if you've got no money for anything. There's no mention of the father, may never have been in the picture for the boys. That probably explains why, when Albert met her and offered to buy a meal for her and her children, she accepted his offer, something she could not afford. She lived on limited social security for one of her sons who had autism. Her food stamps had been cut because she was staying at a shelter. Plus, well, he's old, almost grandfatherly looking. She probably initially didn't have a guard up. She should have. He told her multiple times that he didn't like her children. Feeding them seemed to have been his way into her circle. And if she just got rid of the children, they could have a relationship. I almost don't know where to start. You know when you have so many jokes or comments that you, they just all kind of get crammed into one and you can't actually say anything at the time. You're like a 70-year-old man. Mm-hmm. You're, t- you're telling a woman that you found who is, uh, who is poor and has been fucked over by the her country basically if there's if there's zero social safety nets are you you're staying in you're staying in like a hostile thing so you got shelter we're going to take your food away so then what do people do they either have to lie or then not stay in the shower so they can then get food to eat because you can theoretically survive without shelter but not food so what are you supposed to do anyway this this clearly this woman who's clearly vulnerable mm-hmm. this 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 old man saggy neck goes up to her and says uh, I'll, I'll pay food for you but you have to get rid of, rid of your kids and then we can start dating what her whole reason for doing everything is for her kids. Yes, that's exactly who Kimberly was. That was so, everything was so for her children. Why would what? Yeah. What the fuck? Mm. I, I know that they say that with age comes wisdom, but this man's lacking. He's slacking somewhere. <laughs> I I think they were right when they were said that he's borderline mentally retarded because he. I think he is. This this is. I'm struggling. You're going to struggle a bit I, more. I, I can usually rationalize why people do something. Or try to see it from their perspective as to why they did it. Don't agree with it. But this is just fucking thick. I can't understand why that would be your train of thought. Well, Kimberly... I'm hot as well, so I'm annoyed. This room is damp. <laughs> it's like 30 degrees in the UK. I'm dying. My, I've got wet eyebrows. I'm annoyed. Talk. Kimberly never really put him straight initially. That was never going to happen. They were never going to have a relationship. Albert probably just wanted somebody to look after him in his old age. He's 76 by this time. He started buying her clothes, 
she would give them back. He started to hang about round the shelter. He used to eat there from time to time too. I think you can go and eat at these places if you pay them a small fee. And then he started following Kimberly around town. She knew it and didn't like it, but figured it would be over soon. It became a bit of a joke between her and her children because they'd be walking around town going to the bus shop, the bus shelter, or going to a shop, and they'd be like, oh, mum, there he is, round the corner again, watching us, you know. No one realised that Albert had a murder conviction or all the prison time served for the assaults. But because he disliked Kimberly's sons, her friends were worried he could act out against the twins. And Albert was described as touchy-feely in a creepy way. The staff at the shelter and the library helped Kimberly and she was able to apply for public housing and was offered a place back in Farmington. She met her friends one day at a local supermarket and she chatted to them about her up-and-coming move. Albert was with her, her unwanted shadow by this time. She'd only known him about a month. Was it not possible to report him to someone? I'll get into that. So Albert started talking about getting a truck. Her friends were puzzled as they knew Kimberly's possessions were already in storage at a church back in Farmington. One of the women said to Albert, all you need is a little U-Haul, but he insisted his stuff was to be moved too. Kimberly never said a word at the time, but later she texted Albert and told him straight. She didn't want a relationship with him, didn't need his help, he wasn't moving with her and he was to leave her alone. She couldn't have known that two days previously to the final leave me alone text, Albert had gone to a local supermarket and bought two pink-handled paring knives with five-inch blades for the sum of $2.24 each. Twelve hours later from that text, on the 15th of July 2018, which was a Sunday morning, Albert goes looking for Kimberly. He went straight into the shelter to see if she was there, but her and her boys had already left. He caught up with them at Dunkin' Donuts on Main Street, lurking at a distance as he'd started to do, and watched as Kimberly and her boys had some breakfast. He then followed them down to a laundromat. In a video of the street from a store nearby, Albert can be seen walking back and forth in front of the laundromat for 10 minutes. At times, he peered into the window. He had concealed one of the knives in the small of his back and one in his trouser pocket. Kimberly comes out of the laundromat around 10am. She sits on the steps and was talking to a friend in Massachusetts on her phone. When Albert marched up to her, pulled out the knife from behind his back and started stabbing and she started to scream. Her two children were in the laundromat and saw it all and her friend on the phone heard it all too. On the laundromat surveillance, Albert can be seen pausing briefly as the attack began, looking back at the boys and then turning back to continue stabbing their mother. Two men, just randomly in the laundromat at the same time, ran out. One ran to Kimberly, dialing 911 on his way, and the other one drop-kicked Albert to the floor and stood on his neck until police arrive. Fucking get them, Sam. I like that. That's that, that's the kind of stuff you want. Someone to be immediately competent in this scenario. In this in this situation, you've got someone ringing the police, and you've got some other guy doing, doing drop kicking him. 
Yeah, the guy that was ringing the police got you know got to Kimberly and he's holding her. Yeah, he's he's, put, he's putting pressure on the wound to stop the bleeding. He couldn't. There were too you, many. You, can, you can't exactly, but he's yeah. he's trying. He's he's trying to do like some like triage thing. Yeah. yeah. So other witnesses describe Albert as not showing any emotion at all through the attack, just blank, no rage and no passion, just completely blank. There has to be some some sort of mental diminishment. Well, because of his age, he's got to have. He can't just be stupid. He has to be deteriorating somewhere. Kimberly died then and there from blood loss from eleven wounds. One of the wounds cut the left ventricle of her heart. Another fractured a rib and pierced her right lung. There's force behind those stab wounds. He gets carted off to hospital after having chest pains before he's chucked in prison to await trial. July 2019, he goes to trial. Initially, when he was charged, he pled insanity and then withdrew that, waived his right to a jury trial then changed his mind on that too. His defence actually tried. I'll give him that. They argued that Albert wasn't obsessed with Kimberly and that their relationship was not sinister. And they said, everyone wants to paint Mr Flick as a creeper. And in the aftermath of this incident, but again, you have to consider, in spite of all this creepiness, I've asked a number of people, was there ever a complaint? Was there ever a complaint to police of him following her around? The answer was no. The attorney went on to say, no one at all can point to a single statement, not one before these events, that would show any intention by Mr Flick to inflict harm on Miss Dobby. He even at one point tried to suggest dementia, a stroke or a whack on the head could have triggered the violence in Albert. They wouldn't excuse the actions either way. No. Now, Kimberly had talked to a local police officer about Albert, but she'd never filed a formal complaint, which the police were, you know, they got hauled over the coals for this. And then they said, we had nothing on file. I wish she had have said something. But what do you say? An old man follows me and my children hiding behind pillars and in doorways. He buys me stuff but won't go away. The police would likely think it's just an old man possibly confused and what harm could he do? I don't think that logic trends. Just because you're an old man doesn't mean you're incapable of doing something bad. Look at the podcast we've been talking about for the last 31 minutes. That's what you should have done. I know. If, if anything, if you've got an old man rummaging in his pocket, walking around following you and your kids, yeah. Yeah, ain't playing with his Werther's originals. He's doing, <laughs> he's doing something dodgy. You do. You, you, re, you report that. And I'm not, I'm not blaming her for not having reported it. But if she got a duff police officer, she's not going to be taken seriously. If she's got yeah. a good police officer, she is going to be. And so it's so she's utterly the victim from just poor the poor judicial system, basically yeah. not covering yeah. it. And did did his attorney try to say he's got nothing that would make you think that he would do something yes. bad to her? Are we, just, are we ignoring the past like thirty plus years he spent in prison as a whole from repeatedly assaulting and murdering women? Right, you've gone straight to a point which I know other people are going to pick up on. They are not allowed to bring his previous convictions into this trial. You would have thought the prosecution would have gone to show it shows a pattern of behaviour, which they do do at the sentencing, but they don't at the trial. They're not allowed to influence the jury by showing his past offences. So for the jury, they are looking at this doddery... You've got the pictures, Cameron. This doddery old man who looks really confused and out of it. He's as deaf as a post by this point, so he's actually wearing headphones to actually listen to all the evidence against him. 
and they're going to be thinking, oh, it's not possible. Okay, if they're trying to go with that line, you could easily consort it to where you've got this creepy old man who's hanging around a homeless shelter for no reason, trying to prey on women. He's then gone after a vulnerable woman with two kids and nothing to do anything about it. So he's trying to bribe her and exploit her with money because he's got it and he's old. You can easily twist that. Look what Harvey Weinstein is trying to do by making him be all fragile and old and ill. Feel sorry for me. I could never have done these things. You're still a monster when you did it. You can't. You can't suddenly play up the fact that you you you've got hairy ears now. <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> but you've also got you to... Could, you can contort that so easily. Yeah, I know you can. But you've also, as well, the defence attorney is hoping that somebody on the jury will fall for it and vote against... An, oh, no, my granddad's like that. My granddad wouldn't do anything like this. This is what they aim for. In the mug shot, I know you've got Cameron, he looks angry and aggressive. So this frail thing, I think, was... At play for the jury. Looks a bit like Gru from Despicable Me, one of them. Yeah. So. He never testified. The trial lasted three days and it took the eight men and four women 45 minutes to find him guilty. Said they hadn't been told about his plea previous either, so it's a slam dunk. I think the video from the laundromat and from outside sunk him. They could see him pacing up and down and carrying on. Funnily enough, when he's sentenced in the August to life in prison again, his face is back to that aggressive, belligerent look when the judge gives her sentencing remarks. She calls it a despicable attack on Kimberly. Despicable, as, Dis- in, as in despicable me. Yeah. Grew looking ass. Yeah. yeah. She said more so because he knew he was stabbing her while her children watched. He didn't like the children, did he? Kinda got, he's kind of got a trend of that as well. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Mr. Flick, you have not taken responsibility. You have shown no remorse. Miss Dobby knew she was going to die. She knew she was going to die in front of her boys because of the massive injuries to her body, including stab wounds to her heart and liver. In making her sentencing decision, the judge said she factored in Albert's premeditation, what she called his savage attack and his prior violent convictions. And she said, what is almost comprehensible is that Mr. Flick has done this before. So you probably got the jury sitting there thinking, yeah, we did good. You know, we did right by this one. When the judge asked Albert whether he wanted to say anything to the court, he shook his head and said, nah. Albert's attorney had argued for a 25-year prison term, citing Albert's declining health and his history as a child growing up in a large family with an abusive father. The attorney acknowledged that 25 years would certainly be a life sentence for Albert, but asked the court to consider that it had no substance abuse issues and was gainfully employed for most of his life. Well, thank goodness the judge didn't actually listen. Kimberly's mother adopted the boys and Kimberly's brother sold his house and moved back close to his mum and nephew so he could help. He will never get out, thankfully. I wonder if he'll appeal. I don't see how them saying he doesn't have a history of substance abuse as being anything. If he had a history of substance abuse, then you could say that's why he did it, because he was off his nuts on whatever drug at the time. But he's completely, he's completely coherent enough to do, to do that. M- maybe not coherent because he's old and he's, he's like 70-odd, but... Again, they are throwing anything. I know, and I know that's why people don't like lawyers because if you're the person that has to defend the bad guy. I, I, I know people that have, had, that have been um, assigned as family court 
and never to be the one to defend the person that was treating the child badly, but they're trying to fight for the right to see their child still. And mm. she was like, I can't do it anymore because it's destroying my soul having to defend these bad people. Yeah. And she's, she wasn't even doing it for much money because it was a public thing. Mm. So I, you couldn't you couldn't do it. I, I, I know the argument is that if you're doing it for people that are genuinely innocent, then you should argue it just as much because then that's the only way you have like a fair yes. justice system. I think he's. I think the the defence attorney was just grasping at straws by this point because there is no defence to this. He's a furiously angry old man. If they'd done, even if they'd done a deep dive into his history as a child, you would have hoped that twenty odd years in prison the first time round would have made him, as you say, reconsider what he's done. He was fine for thirty six years. There appears to have been nothing that he did. He held down that job for 19 years in that donut shop. And then at 36, because he got rejected, he starts lashing out and he carries on doing it. He just keeps he keeps making victims. Yes. That's the problem. He's 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 just he's ruined that that his first wife's daughter, his stepchild. Yeah. And his two own children's life from that yeah because again yeah, the mother from that but I, i'm I'm thinking that the stepdaughter saw it happen yes. right away she yes. she is more traumatized those kids have lost both parents yes in essence but that's a good thing that you've lost your dad because he's the asshole in the first place but this the second lot with the two children that were then witnessing it you're, you're just making so many more victims you've then traumatized a friend you've traumatized the two people that, that, that were there helping you've traumatized the neighbor that ran up the stairs you're just creating victim after victim that should be factored in I don't disagree with you, actually. I've had Cause, thought cause of... You, you're causing psychological damage. damage. You're, giving, yeah. you're giving everyone this little mental debuff everywhere, but they're just, they're just getting inflicted by this old man. I know, I know I keep going on about people's appearances as if that kind of matters, but I can see a picture of me staring at me on the second monitor. Uh, this, this old fuck. It's... I know narcissism is thrown around a lot, so I'm not even going to actually use that term, but he is so self-centred only him and his feelings count and matter. I mean, he doesn't even bother to put up a defence for the second one. There were, doesn't appear to have been any real attempt to, you know, bring somebody out and say, look, there's brain scans. He's got dementia. There's no, none of that. None of it. He's just a nasty, aggressive, violent old man. And I know for a fact that men in their 70s can easily overpower someone like me who's you know five foot and a bit just because they're old doesn't mean that you're safe no. if you work in a care home the amount of care assistants that get battered by old man strength's a thing yeah old, old dudes are seemingly strong i don't know because their brain is switched off so it doesn't have any self-preservation so it just lets them be strong but that's it, nah. no it's not so that's the end of this week's case of albert flick and finally the victims who should not be forgotten Sandra Flick, aged 35. Kimberly Dobby, aged 48. And me and you for sitting in this sweaty room with a 50 degree computer with no fan, no window, suffering. You can find us on, I'm so up. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Murder Me Monday Podcast. Email us at murderbemondaypodcast at gmail.com. Patreons in the show notes below. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Peace.